Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk about Ashley Barty's incredible performance, the PHF All-Star Game, and our thoughts on sports betting. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Man, we are into episode 10. I know, two and a half months. This is crazy. Two and a half months. Had our first official sound check today. We got the PHF going on in the background. We got producer in the studio. We're flying. Episode 10 is a big one. It's like going to school. It was like, oh, you guys were doing good, but you (laughs) could do this better. (laughs) But so we're probably sound mint today. a little bit. Let's, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. let's just, that's good, but we'll do this. Yeah. No, good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. After like even thinking about this week, the Olympians are off. Yeah. They're in Beijing. Mm-hmm. We just finished the Australian Open. Yes, we the did. The Scotties have started. Yep. Round, not round two, but tournament two of mm-hmm. the LPGA. The PHF is playing on in the background. Yeah. Like, WNBA free uh, agency frenzy is still going on until February 1st. Like, yeah. Holy shit. I know. And the wasn't it fun to watch in the Olympics, everyone getting on the planes? Like, you know, I follow oh. a handful of them on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. Like, the swag. Hello, Jeez. Lululemon. I was going to say the same thing. Like, like, Lululemon's never looked so good as it does and now. every single time I see an athlete, they're in a different outfit. Okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. Okay, Kristen Campbell, she did like a, she must have let like put everything on her bed that they got and it was two beds worth of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Like, I, I also saw Hillary Knight on TikTok showing like what she was packing and she essentially said that like you need shoes, socks, underwear, and, and then the everything rest else. of your, your kit is there when you get there, which is unbelievable. Who are they sponsored by this year? Team USA. Good question. I haven't even looked into that because I've been obsessed with the Lulu stuff. Oh, it looks the so The jackets, good. and then they've got so many. Like, the players must just be through the roof pumped about I, this year. I know, and that's that would be my dream. Someone else to tell me what to wear every day because I I make poor <laughs> choices daily. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, this fits. It's clean. And and the, the combinations will always look good together. Right? So it's like, here's two bags of things. Doesn't It'll matter what always you pick. look good. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter what you pick. It's okay. It, and then, it all looks fine. And they had some type of shoe. They were all wearing the same shoes too. I just think our Canadian Olympic team looks fire this I year. I agree. Like so good. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Everything essentially starting in four days. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Four days. We were looking at that that on the TV, right? That's going to be the biggest challenge is the timing of things and the time of day for us to get to watch. But I'm excited. I love the Olympics. TVR will be full. Yeah, well, we switched switched over because our internet was dogging and now it's fantastic. And uh, so we only have like 4% use on there. So, and we can delete the bachelorette from my wife and record the Olympics. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got to stay up to date. I know, you know yeah, what I mean? I Love Island. You got to stay up to exactly, date. <laughs> exactly. Can't miss an episode. For sure. So even even thinking of like them heading off um, to Beijing and all the amazing stuff that's going to come up this next week, ending, um, coming up here as free agency for the WNBA. For sure. And so a lot of players have been playing in athlete. Um, AU. 
Athletes Unlimited. Athletes Unlimited. So that's been really cool to see them still being a part and playing ball and not going all the way overseas and staying home. And honestly, the free agency has just been insane. Yeah. So, I mean, two things there. The Athletes Unlimited thing, I think, um, has a ton of merit when it comes to showcasing athletes for one it's it's a really unique concept and i think it's it's yeah it has all the potential to take off quite honestly and it reminds me i was saying this you uh saying this to you earlier is that it reminds me of fantasy like i play a ton of yahoo fantasy sports and that's the first thing you, you wake up in the morning you check the weather you check your fantasy you see who's slumping who's hot that's yeah. kind of the way that au works is it's on an individual basis and they redraft your teams. And so it promotes you as an individual player to strive for something as well. I think it lends itself potentially into, like I say, fantasy or the area in which we could actually bet on things and stuff like that. So yeah, AU. And it is cool that we don't have to get on a bird and fly across, you know, the ocean to play a game you love. So yeah, for sure. And it, it does for, for the conversation stake of AU, like I agree, it's it's cool to see them on individual merit, the complete redraft, because it happens in basketball, lacrosse, yeah. softball. Yeah. And the thing I personally like about it is it's like you get you get paid mm-hmm. based off your performance. So yeah. it's like, let's compete. Yep. Like let's be the best. Let's yeah. make the most money that we possibly can. Yeah. And still have that team dynamic and still play the sport that you love know that if you have a good game mm. you're gonna be rewarded for it I think that that is a really positive message for sure to send out because it's like let's compete let's do yeah. this right yeah it's a bit like I mean I think it's flown under the radar of a lot of people I agree for I sure agree. and it is a bit challenging to understand because it doesn't fit like this mold of what we think of sports yeah and I found them through through social media and that's kind of where I've started to follow, but we're going to continue to follow that as this year goes on. Cause I think it's, uh, it's always exciting when there's an opportunity that looks as viable as that, as another alternative or option for pro athletes. So. And I, and I like your perspective on thinking how close it's going to get into. Like, that is what I feel a progression of it is, is betting. Totally. Like, why not? Totally. Why not throw some money down on those games? Because it is a game by game. Mm-hmm. So you're, if you're if you're putting money down, you're really putting money down on a player. For sure. Right? So For sure. I I love the concept and it you're right, it has flown under the radar. Like because totally. it doesn't fit the standard Narrative. societal yep. flow of sports. And yeah. it kind of beats to the its own drum. So yeah, no, that was really cool to see like Natasha Cloud was there. Yeah. Like a lot of pr- really big names For uh, sure. stayed and played. So that was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And even even with the women that are, you know, they decide to go play international, like in Turkey and China, you know, or two mm-hmm. big places. Uh, Steph Dolson, yep, who has been open about um, not enjoying going over and playing, yes, is maybe the biggest kind of piece in the free agency rumblings as of right now. I know we talked about her last week. Oh my yeah. gosh, the Chicago sky is. I'm losing sleep over it. I'm losing <laughs> sleep because Steph Dolson has officially declined the contract yeah. to go back to Chicago. Yeah. It is now between New York and Seattle. Um, and I think if this is any indication to any other 
you know, to the flow of Chicago and what's kind of going on there. Um, wow, is Sandy uh, Brondello doing a hell of a job in New York mm-hmm. getting players? And so between New York and Seattle, I if I were to put money down, I think she's going to end up in New York solely because Sandy Brondello coached Brittany Griner last year. Okay, interesting and, take. Yeah. yeah, and coached her to a, a phenomenal year. Yes. So I think she has that approach of like, she knows how to coach players like me. Yeah, very uh, interesting perspective. And, 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 you know, she just, well, they were in the finals together. She knows she's a championship level coach. Not saying that Seattle isn't. Because, like, let's get real. Seattle's amazing. Yeah. She's really in a win-win situation regardless. But she was seen, like, all over New York with (laughs) Benajah Laney. Yeah. She was – and I just think New York, she's – Sandy Brondello is putting in the work. And I see that. And I see that she's coached Brittany Griner. And Mm -hmm. they're the same. I just – I think that she's going to end up in New York. Okay. We're back. We need our betting jar. (laughs) We need our betting. You didn't That's take right. my you didn't take my bets when I asked about who's going to win the Australian Open, and I would have been emptying this jar. You would have been but, okay. I, I I see your point. I I uh, I think that's really good perspective and insight to that, and I I hope you're right. That would be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I just love how you just you knew you would have won that the Australian Open. Yeah. Ashley Barty was absolute fire. She was wildly good. She. I, I wrote on our Twitter, I was like, there's, she was, just went into beast mode. Like, there was no yeah. other way of explaining. She didn't, yeah. she, two sets every game. Yeah, she exactly. Didn't she didn't drop a set. Didn't drop a set the whole tournament. And when I was looking at that, so she played off uh, today, actually. Well, it's hard to know two, if it's like today or like, a.m. Yeah. yeah uh, that was the first thing I did this morning was get up and, and yeah, watch the too. Australian <laughs> Open too. from 2.30 a.m. <laughs> Um, but she played uh, Danielle Collins oh. from the U.S., who was ranked 27th in the world. And when I was looking at just the, you know, the schedule that has gone by the last two weeks, even to compare, like to say that she has never didn't lose a set, but she didn't give up. She gave up 21 games in that whole time span. Like uh, Anisimova that we talked about yep. that knocked out Osaka. That was the that's just like air quotes here for those of you who are listening worst set she had and she won six four yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's even hard to just wrap your head around how amazing of a feat that that truly is because a lot of what came down to it and a perspective that I've never really thought of is time on court so mm-hmm. the shorter time you're on court the yeah. more your body's energized the more time you have to recover yeah it's like and, getting that first round by well exactly right? yeah. so she she was just like in mint condition every single Although, time. Although, were you shitting bricks today? Oh. Because she looked like she was just going to I, like continue to steamroll. Right. And then Collins got on a roll. Yeah. She was making her work. Oh, yeah. That, that second set, she was down 1-5 and then comes back, forces a tiebreak and wins 7-2 in the tiebreak to become... But she was the first Australian Australian Open champion since 1978 when Chris O'Neill. I have it up here. She was in the stands. They kept panning to her. Oh, I have Yvonne Guglielmi. No, that's the who gave them their trophies. But the last oh. Australian to win the Australian Open 
was this Chris O'Neill in 1978. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. So. That is insane. Well, this one I have of this Yvonne uh, Crawley woman is introducing, and it's a picture of both her and Ashley Barty saying, introducing the only women in the open era to win their first three Grand Slam singles titles in Paris, London, and Melbourne. And Mm -hmm. Yvonne won in 71, 71, and 74. Like, that's how long ago that happened. And Ash Barty did it. Yeah, and I think the only thing that she doesn't have on her resume is a U.S. Open Championships. Yeah. Or title. What a wild year of tennis. Like, two teenagers. Well, I guess in, in, this is now 2022, but in the last little spurt of Mm -hmm. tennis, the U.S. Open, like, Fernandez and... Radicanu. Radicanu in the finals. Like, what is happening? Well, and- yeah, I agree. And you think of, of uh, from a Danielle Collins perspective, I'm like, I, we've said this before. It it's always sucks to lose. Oh, yeah. It is awful to, to swallow in the moment. But she's going to go from being ranked 27th in the world to in the top 10. Right. And sets herself up to go into some of these next Grand Slams and next tournaments that are happening with, like, she, she, it, it kind of reminded me, this is funny now, we, we're going back to like episode one or two when you talked about that um, King Richard movie with Serena yeah. and Vina Williams. And the very end of that movie, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but she ends up, Venus, you know, finally goes to Wimbledon and she ends up losing to the number one ranked player in the world, but takes a set off of her. And that was the turning point for Venus's career that everyone was like, okay, this 14-year-old kid at the time and I feel like, yes, Danielle Collins has gone through university. She's an NCAA champion. That's, it's, yeah. you know, not the same story. But it reminded me of that. Yeah. We're taking it, we're being up five to one on Ashley Barty is a victory. Yeah. No, I. Because well, she's just that good. Because she's just that good. She's literally and, that good. And she played that good consistently the entire tournament. Like oh, she yeah. was just From unbelievable because. Even uh, Sabalenka, who's ranked second overall, only made it to the fourth round. Yeah, right after we hit stop recording, yeah. she lost yeah. last week. Essentially. Yeah. So even even thinking about being in a semifinal, she's against Madison Keys in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Even thinking about how talented you have to be in that match. Oh, yeah. No, and she wins 6-1, six, 6-3. Six, yep. Yeah, they didn't stand a chance. Oh, it's just unbelievable yeah. to me. No, it, it's yeah, it's like when I remember one time we were playing uh, senior hockey in, in St. Adolph, Manitoba, and Bridge Laquette was out there, and I blocked a shot, and then I was like, why? Why did yeah. that? She's so good. good. Like, compared <laughs> yeah. to me, like, yeah. you know, you, you didn't stand a chance. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I know. Same thing. You're you're out for, like, a week because your ankle's broken, and yeah, you're like, literally. <laughs> what's I'm going like, on? Cool. There's no <laughs> amount of beer in the dressing room after this that fixes this foot. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, when I retired from senior women's hockey, I went to my bag, Mm -hmm. four random beers in there. I think I had like a Coors. uh. (laughs) I know. And I'm just going to apologize right now that probably most of those I bought at some point in your life. A hundred percent. You were the culprit. And I I just couldn't. They were with me. I put them in the fridge and probably drank them. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. (laughs) And so even... With, like, such an unreal tournament in tennis. So, last week, we highlighted uh, Bailey Dirksen for our prospects. Yeah. And, like, unbelievable. Like, if anybody can 
look at her highlights. This this girl is going places. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. For sure. But so then I did the same thing for tennis. Yeah. And so Robin Montgomery, an 04, is the eighth ranked junior player in the world from the okay. States. And uh, she won the U.S. Open Tennis Tour in 2021 for both singles and doubles. Yeah, she's not bad. And overall has a 74% win rate. 74, 73 wins, 26 losses in her career. So we found Robin Montgomery. We found highlights. And and that was one of the coolest things Mm -hmm. is they've got full tennis matches of all prospects online. Oh, so right Robin on. Montgomery was easy to find. It, like she, she has a lot of tendencies that I find uh, with Naomi Osaka. Okay, like just plays the court very defensive. Yep, but will run up to the net as soon as she gets the opportunity to. It was very cool watching Robin Montgomery. So yeah, the the prospect piece of this has been super fun. Yeah. So Robin Montgomery. We're watching you. We're your girl. watching. Well, I'm going to wait. watch it. Addie clearly has yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as the well, I was absolutely floored with Ash Barty. Yeah. Floored. I couldn't believe she is she's by far like I felt like the gap between first and second, like Barty and Sabalenka, yeah. it just went like this. Like she is so I would agree. Definite number one overall. Yeah. That it's it's crazy. Yeah, that wasn't even a, well, it was a contest today, but the tournament in itself, it was kind of writing was on the wall, I felt like. Oh. It was hers to lose, let's just say that. that it was hers to lose. Hers exactly. To lose. Exactly. So, that was a, we said it from the beginning, we knew you should, definitely we need to get a betting jar cuz I know, I would be richer today. Probably like 2 bucks but buying beers today. Oh yeah. <laughs> what beer am I going to buy? The tootie you threw in as your bet. Uh, not much. Strolling down to Smitty's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so another another big win uh, was Danielle Kang. And we, yeah, we called that. We called that a mile away. We're like, nope, she's too pissed off from last year. Yeah. She's coming in hot and then shoots a 17 under, takes it. Yeah, she's away. sick of the dreams of the corridors. And we also had talked about, you know, the only way that you can kind of envision someone else winning is if Nelly Corda you know, f- drops a few. And she struggled. Oh. She she d- did struggle not to take um, away anything from Danielle Kang because she was lights out. She was lights out. But the combination out. then just put that gap between yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was excited to see our Canadian, Brooke Henderson, yeah. end up in the top three. That was also really good yeah. and really encouraging for the beginning of the season. For sure. So, yeah, Danielle Kang, huge win. Walked away with two tw- uh, 2,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh talk- my god! About our beers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking beers under the table. Yeah. Uh, I can't see no more. Two hundred and twenty-five thousand um, dollars was uh, what she won with a purse of one point five mil for that. Where they're in Gainsbridge right now. Yeah. Finals tomorrow. Purse two mil, so a little bit more cash. Lydia Ko. I know in the lead, but Kang's on the hunt. Man. Oh. I- Could you imagine back-to-backs? Well, and you know, it's kind of that same thing, right? It's that momentum and it's that like hangover is either positive or negative. And we're seeing that with Nelly, right? She's struggling, comes off of that Hilton Grand Vacation Tournament. and She's struggling going into this next one. And we see Kang. And this is, 
it's nice too. I like, you know, we talked about last week where it has that celebrity twist. Right. Um, in that first tournament, this is like that full, for, you know, first full card. Yeah. Of, of the LPGA. So. This yeah. is, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see tomorrow because Celine Bautier is just, is, Kang is nine under. Uh, Bautier is eight, eight under. Yeah. So it's really tight, mm-hmm. tight, tight, tight at the top there. So. Lydia yeah. Ko was was in the mix for a little bit at Hilton Grand's vacation, but she she's been really strong this yeah, week. So, for sure. but man, oh man, Golf. am I rooting for Kang? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, I love Lydia Ko. I think she's an incredible athlete. Back to back. Yeah, it's not like we're rooting against. Yeah, no, no, absolute beauty. You all walk away with money at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. But back to back is pretty cool to say at the beginning of the season. Super. So That'd be super good. Um, that was and Gainsbridge is such a cool place. Yeah. Boca Rico, Florida. Yeah. Also, a- although, like, you know, we are living in the frigid north. <laughs> and it doesn't even look warm there. Like my perception of Florida is like shorts and oh, cold yeah. beers. Oh yeah. They're dressed like they're in toques. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't check the temperature there, but it doesn't look like what my head says Florida should look. Right. Yeah, no? no. Sweaty. I would I would assume the same. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I never even thought of that. Right? You're right. They're in like those puffy jackets yeah. and stuff. No, it looks like they're golfing in a Canadian fall. That's so weird. Except for grass is green that's, and they're in Florida. That's very true. Never even thought of that. Yeah, maybe they're drinking Mai Tais. Yeah. <laughs> They should be drinking my ties. That's what they should be doing. Uh, um, so we've got, we still have like the PHF. Yeah. Um, so much, so much stuff to talk about. But I think we're actually going yeah. to toss in a question today. We had yeah. somebody call in with a really good question. And um, yeah, let's see what, uh, see what we got let's here. Let's see what we got. Hey guys, it's Jacob Hill from Stephenville, Newfoundland and Labrador. Love the podcast. I was curious how professional sports uh, can capitalize on single game betting. And when we live in the world of marketing and live streaming, how can we use that to promote the women's game more for hockey related revenue? Keep up the great work. Congrats on all success. And look forward to what you have in store in the future. Now that's a newfie accent right there. I right. See? That's a newfie. That is a newfie. So yeah, first of all, thank you, Jacob, yeah. for taking the time, reaching out to us. For everyone who hasn't utilized the voicemail, speakpipe.com slash beauty sports is how Jacob did that. So thanks for the question, Jacob. Yeah, really appreciate it. And betting is something that we've talked about for a long time. We've talked about it in this episode like three times already. Yeah. Like we want to throw some money down. And yeah. um, I've had over the years, and I think he's he's clearly a hockey guy because that's what he's saying, hockey-related yeah. revenue, yep. right? And But I think it could be used over all plat- all sports, all platforms. Yeah. And it's, for me, it seems like it's being, uh, for some reason, it's harder than what they're, like, it's easier than what they make it seem. Like, they can just add women onto the already established platform. Yeah. And then... The odds go on the screen. I think it's just the effort of actually doing uh, it. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a few thoughts on that. I think that this is, we've had a conversation about this in lots of avenues, this whole chicken and egg conversation. Mm-hmm. Because 
we've talked about it before, right? 40% of athletes, professional athletes or athletes in general, let's just say are, are women and 4% of coverage is about women. And so I do lots of stuff, FanDuel, Yahoo. Um, you know, we see now at NHL games with Betway, single game betting just became legal in Canada last year. Um, it's been legal in the U S for, I think since 2018, I want to say, um, but really hard to bet on something that you cannot watch. And so it's, it's that whole, because here's the thing that I love about betting on sports. I don't do a ton of single game betting. So to Jacob's question, that's where I'm going to kind of miss the point here. But what I love about betting in sports is that it brings sports into a social space. You have a draft with your buddies. Like I've not a huge NFL follower, but I've done it with my buddies to go over and have beer and hot dogs to, you know, shoot the shit about what's happened in the last week. It gets excitement into the sport. You start following individual athletes. When we get into single game betting, you start, cause you can bet in the game, right? You can bet during that physical game. So you're by allowing betting or promoting betting, you're promoting fans, but without a platform for people to watch, neither of those can happen. That's ex- that is exactly bang on because even now they're putting the odds on TV for, for betting right before the game. So, right. but that's there, it's there for them to see it's, yep. it's there for you to watch. So it always goes back to that exposure. What's going to come first, the mm-hmm. fans or the exposure. Yeah. And you're right. Like I don't, I w- I've been a part of fantasy for three years now yeah. and I follow the players that I have Yeah. and it kind of keeps you in it, but it is the camaraderie piece of it. It, it totally is, is. It is getting in touch with your buddies about and chirping them being like, yeah, you like, suck. And like, also you suck tonight. Well, yeah, or, or like set your yeah. alarm because you yeah. didn't. You forgot to refresh your roster. Yeah, like you you have players who aren't. They're in. They're on your. Should be on your IR yeah. and they're in your active roster. Yeah, right. So, I agree. And and I think that it could be well as it is for male sports. It should be across the board for female sports. Um, but no one is going to bet on something first of all that they don't have any information on. Like mm-hmm. at least the odds. You kind of have knowledge of the league or what teams are playing yep. and who's going up and who's going down, whatever the case may be. Yep. But also um, just the the ability to, you know, go on an app. I know. The ease. Go, the, e- the, the ease. I've, I've set my roster in meetings. I, I uh, have 1,000% set my uh, roster yeah. as I'm sitting being professional. I have it's, text colleagues about… <laughs> who they dropped or should we make a trade in and not that anyone needs to really hear that on podcast but it's fact I do yeah of course because it's so easy yeah why wouldn't you so I think the I think the bigger thing is we have to we have to because like you think about Jacob for instance like he he's a he's a sports guy Mm -hmm. sports are sports he's gonna he's gonna bet he clearly does fun fact about Newfoundland they do not have casinos. You, yeah, I. You mentioned they, that a while ago, and that's yeah. shocking. But also speaks volumes to why exactly this matters. Exactly, and I think like sports are sports. Like the PHF All Star Games on right now. The the schedule's been set for whatever a couple postponements. But like if 
if there could be more face to it or more attention drawn to it, people would be more inclined to put put money into it and mm-hmm. get their friends involved. And mm-hmm. then the then the spiral effect happens. Yep. Like yep. you're you're bang on in that. So it's kind of like you're you're sitting on like a teeter-totter. Well, someone's gonna pick it up, right? We've seen you know, and it's this interesting uh, strategy too, because there's there's pushes around getting women into sports betting. And then we're missing the push of allowing sports fans to bet on mainstream women's sports. It, I say that as a blanket statement, and it's not definitive. You can bet on tennis. You can bet on some W. But it's not in this ease of a platform no. that's like Yahoo or Fan. Yeah. Or fan or yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if we gave a we didn't definitive, really. definitive answer to anything for that. But it is it is interesting that it is a conversation that people are talking about because you're right. Like if I if you had a group of buddies and you know the PHF is on or um WNBA finals was huge this year, there's mm-hmm. no reason for that not to be a yeah. huge betting platform for them. Same thing with March Madness. Yeah. They well, talk about that with like male sports with uh the men's side being one of the most bedded um events yeah. of the year yeah and it was, was funny because i was I was. this is a blank i don't know why sometimes there's like i have nothing on it it's just black <laughs> so everyone who's listening i'm closing my ipad because it's just sitting there um but the march madness is a great i love that example because a hundred it was up i read from 2019 to 2021 it was up 103 percent of people who filled out women's brackets Again, we can talk back to Sedona Prince, and there's a whole other highlight of right. that. But there was also a statistic, too, that um, in the 2019 U.S. Open, the women's singles final actually outperformed mm-hmm. in terms of viewership the men's and had betting and, and stuff on it. So it's back to that whole, there are examples of why it makes sense, A, to add more opportunity to view, but also to add additional channels to yeah to bet and have camaraderie with your buddies yeah like if you if you have the information i i think that sports people that bet on sports wouldn't be like oh well this is a woman's game it's like no we have the information i feel like this is where i want to put my money i want to watch well i i've done it for years and i don't i don't say well i'm not doing that because it's men's yeah exactly (laughs) i love sport yeah i love sports i would bet on more than yeah. I should, really. But, <laughs> yeah. but again, like, if we have a jar here, if I'm only betting a, a toonie. Yeah. Although I might have thrown you some big bucks on Ashley Party. Well, yeah, no, you should you should have. Because <laughs> she was on absolute fire. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a great question. It's encouraging to know that people are thinking about it and kind of in the context of, like, why not? Why is this yeah. not more yeah. out there? Right? Sure. Why is this not... Something sure. that we talk about more. So that was that was super interesting. So if you were to bet on the PHF All-Star game right now, who would you bet on? Oh, uh, I can't tell the teams apart. <laughs> <laughs> Just Oh <laughs> uh, jeez. No, I I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, it's a it's an odd structure. So the way that this is structured, it's a little mini showcase. Um obviously we talked about it. it's based out of Buffalo now, not Toronto. Uh, the, the jerseys are are what they are, and they are as we thought, very difficult to tell the difference on the ice. It just looks like a, a color swatch. 
skating around. But yeah. interesting structure. So there's three mini games. They are 10 minutes. The first period is 10 minute five on five. The second period is five minutes of three v three. And then there's a shootout. And I didn't catch after that. They they must have some goals for and against strategy because it's you know first game. Um, and then you have the second game versus the loser of the first game. And then the, you know, winner of the first game plays in the third game, this little mini showcase. Right. So, and then cumulative goals. Yeah. All goals scored, including shootout. the shootout. Yeah. Count towards the final score. Um, Tiebreakers or goal differential goals, uh, total goals scored and goals scored in five on five and three on three. If, if tiebreaker, if it's a three way tie. Okay. If it needs to be. So, yeah, it, it, it's so, it's almost like the PHF is trying to make a stance on everything this year. Like, when it mm-hmm. comes to the jerseys, when it comes to the All-Star. Because when, when the All-Star game was announced, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you have All-Star Team A and All-Star Team B. And they line up on the blue lines and they play a game and you yeah. in the intermission you do a little maybe fastest lap or yeah. hardest shot or stick handling whatever yeah. um and it always just seems like they're trying to shake it up they're trying to shake up the way that the traditional shake it off yeah. shake it up <laughs> yeah i agree you know the jerseys <laughs> the the way it's played um yeah. you know bringing it's not it's not uh, uncommon to bring in the celebrity coaches or whatever, but yeah. it's it's different in the way of normally they would bring coaches that are participating in the yeah. league to be also a part of the yeah um, yeah. There's, part lots, of the there's game. lots of things. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, we don't need to be super 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 critical. I, we know what we don't love about this process. I'm excited that they have an opportunity as players to play with people within their league and and showcase the talent of this league. I'm not sure. Yeah, this is necessarily maybe the best way, but it's unique for them. Um, I again, I don't know if we need to recreate the wheel, but they are attempting to. That's so, what I mean. Like cool. not yeah. not thinking about being critical, like just thinking like they are literally trying to. Yeah, they are trying shake to shake it up. The whole th- yeah, yeah, they're trying to shake up the whole thing. Yeah, they did, which is nice because we did talk about this. They did add the so the your local club team. Not that sounds bad. The team you play for is on their shoulders. So they do have yeah. like their team representation on there, but it is very, very, very difficult to tell them apart. Yeah, no, for sure. For the people that are watching on YouTube, Ooh. that's why we keep moving our head back is because we have the games playing live behind us here. And uh, so, yeah, we've seen quite a few shifts off. It seems as though one mini series ends and the next one just starts and it's just going to keep rocking the whole way through. So, um, they also did introduce the official mascot of the PHF called goalie tender. You see this little guy? (laughs) No. See this little gaffer? Goalie tender, the official mascot of the PHF. Looks like a cotton ball. What it is does that? look like a cotton ball with goalie pads on. There, it, and, yeah, there's so many interesting things because even with the PHF, so if you go out on PHF, well, we've talked about their shop, but if you go on their shop, I find it very interesting that they actually have a PHF USA logo and a PHF Canada logo. Yeah. Like what other league? The NHL has the NHL. The NBA has the NBA. The MLB has the MLB. That's like Why? they're, what they're shaking that? it up. 
They're shaking the, like, that's what, it's such an interesting thing to talk about because it's, is this going to, are they trying to create essentially their own hockey identity? Because honestly, like Athlete United did yeah. the exact same thing. They just shook the whole thing up, came up with an True. entirely different platform. True. Did everything completely different. And it seems as though the PHF may be on take, route of that. On route of trying to, mm. because it, it seems as though everywhere that we look, because we're pretty heavily immersed in mm-hmm. hockey, right? Yeah. Like the PWHPA, we know the next showcase in Ottawa and we know what we can expect from a showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like, okay, well, I've never heard of there being three teams of 10 in an all-star game. Like mm-hmm. never. Yeah. Right. So that's where it's like, you almost, you're, you're learning a new identity of a league that's being created. I'm, yeah. I mean, the NHL a little kind of is now taking, cause you know, they've taken some interesting routes just for viewership and stuff of, their all-star game, right? So they've got it in divisions. Right. So, I mean, I guess when, when I think about it in that way, maybe they aren't necessarily recreating the whale as much as I thought they were. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to harp on them. I, I, I don't think we're harping on them. I don't think we're harping on them at all. I think we're just talking about it because I think it's interesting for people to learn about the different dynamics of the two. Yeah. It's not saying one's better than the other. It's just saying like, this is the approach that the PHF is taking and this is the approach the PWHPA is taking. Yeah. And they're very different because even looking like with them signing their deal with the Upper Decks. I like parts, that. This is unreal that they launched. Um, I do like that. They launched their first kind of pack. All-star pack. Of the All-Stars. Yeah, I do. Which I, I think really is like that really touch. cool. For sure. And they look sharp. They look yeah. really good. They do. Yeah, I was excited to see that. I saw that on Instagram, I think. I was excited to see that. I think that is um, really exciting for anyone who is a fan of hockey. Right. Um, we'll see. It's, in, it's, again, the coverage. Because when you look at, you know, we saw some stuff on social media where even with the WNBA, you can only buy, there's only like eight or nine players whose jerseys are in their shop. Yeah. And so, like, and I hope I haven't done enough looking into it, but is the PHF going to run every single player in the PHF this year? Is it going to be another, obviously the all-star will be very limited because that doesn't include their entire teams. Yeah. I have no, I have no idea because total the all-star game has 37 players. Yeah. So if they're just going to run the 37 players this year, kind of get it going, get it moving. That that would make sense to me, for sure. We shall see. We shall see. We shall buy some. Yeah, we shall buy some. Absolutely. I wonder, yeah, we'll have to do some digging into that. Where can we find them? Superstar yeah. Sports down the road, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have Who to knows? find those for sure. But getting back into action after the All-Star break, they're Connecticut and Boston, Buffalo, and Minnesota again, um, February 5th. February 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be interesting again. Essentially, Battle of the Titans and then, you know, Buffalo and Minnesota yeah. trying to gain points, trying to get back into the standings for, you know, any chance of a playoff run here. Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure. getting into February, 
You're really focused Cutting on points. Her close. Yeah. Yeah. You're really focused on points. So I think that that's really, you know, a big aspect of them. Toronto, but not back into action until the 13th. So that's a big break, especially because they had the postponement. Absolutely. Before this All Star game. Absolutely. So, and, huh. um, and, uh, the Riveters. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. So that's going to be from a coaching perspective. Yeah. That's tough because I thought the same thing about the Olympics with essentially them flying out last week. Mm-hmm. You have to get accustomed to the time change. Yeah. You have to train in that, uh, in that atmosphere. You have to do so many things and really you have like a week. Yeah. It's like coaching staff. You have a week to figure this out. Yeah. And that's a, that's it's hard a when it's the complete opposite side of the world. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Not just waiting two weeks, right. Yeah. Where still you have to think if you're the Toronto coach or if you're the Riveters coach, like you, you have to be thinking, okay, well we get it. Toronto's leading the league right now. So they have a bit more of a buffer, but if you can't think that way, no, you, you can't. can't think that way. You definitely. Cannot. So That'll be... Uh, oh, my God. The goalie is shooting on the other goalie. Oh, and she scored. Wow. She's rocking Aves right now? Yeah. wonder what the 70 on her hat means. Who knows? So um, this... this Yeah. So a goalie just went down and tossed on some middies and the Buffalo Buttes. Yeah. Going down. The but I, I do want to... That reminded me of something when you talked about the Olympics there of... Um, Two things, I guess, curling. But interesting with uh, Curling Canada, I don't know how much you follow of Curling Canada, but with mm. with Curling Canada, they so there's now the mixed doubles. Remember, that's Caitlin Laws had won with John Morris in the yeah. last Olympics. And because of the pandemic this year, it was supposed to be in Portage La Prairie, and they had to cancel it. And so for the first time that I'm aware of, they didn't play to win. Where we saw the trials in Saskatoon where right. Jen Jones won to get to go to the Olympics, they didn't have that opportunity. So Curling Canada made their selection of who was going to go in the mixed doubles. And so um, two of, like, the the leading team is uh, fiancé pairing, and the girl plays on Jen Jones' team, and the boy plays on the men's team. And so they're ineligible to play in the mixed doubles because they're already going there for the four-person curling. Right. And then they didn't select the number two ranked at the time team. And they ended up choosing Rachel Holman and John Morris. And so interesting to me from, and I, I'm sure um, Curling Canada has had their reasoning. Like if you're going to select two people who are going to give you the best chance to podium at the Olympics, John Morris has won with Caitlin Laws. Rachel Holman has been there, didn't have yeah. a great showing last time. She got an opportunity but really interesting because everything else we've seen, you play to get there. You play to win. That's And you very... just wonder, like, what tension that creates in the curling. Same as, like, our hockey world is small. The curling world is small. Wow. What kind of tension does that create as they go into the Olympics? The, I hope not, but. The criteria. What was the criteria of the selection? That's where my head goes. Was it based off of current? Well, it wasn't playing? based off of rankings. That's yeah. The, that's, that's the interesting part. Previous, so, yeah. That's, they, they obviously, like, chose based on their feeling of their best chance, I'm assuming, to medal in Beijing. Wow. 
Yeah, that, interesting. I I agree with you on the sense of if you're in the running for that spot and then it's just chosen, that's a it's tough hard pill it, to swallow. Yeah, and it also then so okay that announcement came out that Rachel Holman and John Morris were selected to be our mixed doubles team, mm-hmm. and then right after that. What ended up is that Curling Canada then said Rachel Holman's team, who was supposed to be in what is now the Scotties that's happening right now in Thunder Bay, yeah, their team was now, because Rachel was gone, now they're not eligible to go. And then, like, the next hour, they come out and say, okay, we're actually going to have the, the same expanded field that we had last year, and we're going to have three wildcard teams, and the Holman team is one of them. So, like, what a mind bottle of a day that was for those girls. Because now you have, so they're, they're skippers off to the Olympics. So, Emma Miskew, their third, is now going to be their skip yeah. in Thunder Bay. But I was like, yeah, you're not going because your skip got chosen to go to the Olympics. And we're just kidding. <laughs> you're going, but you're not Team Ontario. You're a wild card team. Yeah. That is oh my. unheard of. Oh, I was like, I yeah. That is I, stressy. Wow. I don't know. That is crazy. For sure. Yeah. No, that is that uh, the the criteria I think should have been stated beforehand, but then at the end of the day, like they just they're curling Canada. They well, just say Yeah, yeah, and I hey. did I did do that in my head of like the comparison too to how we had the the Canadian women's team was centralized. And it's not like we see the criteria there. Oh yeah, no. Right. For so people sure. got let go who maybe who knows. And so there's a selection, but you had yeah. to compete for the selection. Action. And so then like, yeah, okay, they always compete, I suppose. And yep. Curling Canada has watched all of these teams and players and felt like that was the best choice, which wow. I don't know. Wow. Just going to the Olympics. Yeah. There going you to the go. Olympics. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Scotty is just starting up, which is always a great tournament to watch. So yeah, I've had that on the TV. Yeah. I love curling. It's so, for somebody from an outsider's perspective that doesn't get curling, I can understand where they kind of come from. They're like, oh, this is kind of boring and whatever. Oh, my. Nope. I completely disagree. Me too. All those people, I would challenge you to sit down and learn the game because it is phenomenal. Oh, and, and I would also challenge you to try it if yeah. you ever have an opportunity. <laughs> That's very it true. it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah. I love it. I agree. So, so much. Like, next time we meet, mm-hmm. there will be uh, Olympic action. Yep. The free agency in the WNBA will be over. Yes. We'll find out who the champion of the PHF All-Star game is. There's... I always find it funny when people are like, oh, there's not any women's sports. Like, where is it? I'm like, yeah. I cannot keep up, people. Yeah. There, It is everywhere. It is everywhere. It is awesome. Yeah, sometimes you got to find it, but it's there. Yeah, don't, you got to look, but it's there yeah, no, for Olympic, sure. Olympic, Olympics is exciting. I'm excited yeah, to have too. all of those sports and get to watch some different things and talk about it with you and, and make sure everyone stays informed. So. Yeah, so on our on our platforms, we're going to be discussing how we're going to keep everybody up to date with everything going on with the Olympics. Yep. Um, so keep an eye out for that because that's going to be really exciting to watch not only the main events, but really diving into the nitty gritty ones that don't get as much TV attention. Absolutely. So that'll be that'll be awesome. You bet. So Cowie. 
Final words. Yeah, final words. If this is your first episode, thanks for joining us here at Beauty Sports. If you've come back for another week, uh, thank you. We appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoy listening to Addy and I ramble every week. Uh, make sure if you have an opportunity, follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube at Beauty Sports Talk, on Twitter at underscore Beauty Sports, and our voicemail, speakpipe.com slash beauty sports. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll see you next week.